Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Town Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram at AllDayPackers, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers, and we are back. The excitement is up. The football season is just around the corner. Opening week, week one, Packers taking on the Vikings. I'm excited. Braun, how are you? Hey, Griff. Yeah, I'm great. Super excited for the season to start. Uh, just a long, long off season. But we're getting closer and closer every day to hopefully a, a good football team this year with a chance to win a Super Bowl. It's weird because it's like the entire offseason, it feels like the Packers have been undervalued. Like we lose Devontae and everyone's down on the Packers. But I don't know. Have you noticed like as we get closer to this opening week, it feels like people are backing the Packers more. I've seen a couple of Aaron Rodgers MVP predictions in the media. It feels like people are excited to watch this team because after the preseason, after the training camp that this team had, that we attended, Braun, people forget. Romeo Dobbs looked like he's going to be a player. Christian Watson, we don't even know what he could be. Like, there's a lot to be excited about on this team. And I feel like people are really coming around to that, you know? And so as we get to this, as we get closer to this season, I'm getting more excited. It's like, it's like, the week before Christmas, that's what it feels like. That's the only thing that's similar to the week before football season, dude. It's so exciting. There's so much potential. Every fan base is excited. Every fan base thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl, me included. Every year I do, and that is also true this year. What are your So this, this podcast is going to be just a little bit of a preview, not only for week one against the Minnesota Vikings, which we're going to talk about, but it's also going to be a little bit of a season preview, right? We're going to discuss who we think is going to step up to replace Devontae at the receiver position. We're going to discuss how good we think this defense is going to be. We're going to discuss award predictions, Rogers success. We're going to talk about the entire season. Does that sound good, Bron? Tell me, how excited are you? And truly, compared to other years, how good do you think this team is going to be? Well, I'm definitely excited. There's so much to be excited about because of many of the uncertainties that are usually certainties. We think about with Devontae being gone and all the opportunity in the receiving room. Those are things to be excited about, and because we don't really know who's going to step up, but it really, really feels like, uh, you know, whether it's one, a couple, or maybe a bunch of guys come out of that room as, as key contributors and do make that big step for us. Um, just so much room to, we've, we've seen a lot of improvement and exciting things in training camp, and now when it comes to getting underneath these lights and seeing who could really go, there's a lot of chances and a lot of opportunities for those guys to really do that. So that's really exciting. Then you talk about the aspirations of this entire football team. This looks like, and we've been saying this year after year, I feel like, but this feels like even more so than last year and the year before and the years with Mike Pettin, this feels like the best defense the Packers have had since they won the Super Bowl. And we, But this feels like an all-star cast of guys. In other years, it was just better than what we've had in the past, which was mediocre defenses. This feels like it could be the best defense in football right out of the gate because there are truly no weak spots when everybody's playing good football. That that group is just super exciting, and it could be enough to absolutely carry this Packers team into a position where everything the Packers offense does with Aaron Rodgers just supplements the fact that maybe they don't have to score 25 points a game. Maybe they can just win, and it might be a lot of blowouts this year too because I think the Packers defense is going to shut teams out and not specifically hold them to zero, but just really make teams... Uh, struggle on the offensive side of the ball and overall that is just super exciting to me and I'm really looking forward to how the offense defense and special teams can hopefully play more complimentary football than it has in the past specifically also with the special teams under Rich Bisaccia 
it's just so many exciting, like I just mentioned a million things. It's so exciting because all these different things are setting us up to be in a better position than we've been in many other years to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think you said it. I think you said it well. When it's like every year we always have these certainties, and this year there's just so many uncertainties, and it, it could really turn out to be a good thing. It could go south, of course it could, but right now I'm feeling good about this team. And looking at this schedule, talking about how the defense is going to help carry this team uh, early on, we have to expect the offense is not going to look as good week three as they're going to hopefully in the playoffs. Right? It's like the first year in 2019, like. That offense was ugly when Matt LaFleur was first brought in. And, the, of course, Matt LaFleur has been here for, this is going to be his fourth season in Green Bay, which is crazy that he's been here for so long already. But it, it's a different team with no wide receiver one. It's really going to have to be a completely different offense. And that's going to be interesting, what it looks like overall. The run-pass splits is going to be really interesting to see if they attack it differently. How defense is treated. Let me interrupt you, actually. I want to interrupt you here because I'm interested in... First of all, everybody talks about the 7-0 and we've been under Matt LaFleur without Devontae Adams. Right. So everybody's very concerned about the offense, but in the games where they weren't sure, like these are games where Devontae Adams is unexpectedly out or it's not a planned him not being there. Right now, we've been planning an entire offseason for him not to be on the football team, and we've had a lot of success. Aaron Rodgers had tons of success without Devontae Adams in the past three years. What makes everybody now think that they're going to start struggling? Maybe because defenses are going to—I I don't know. Like, is, is it an opposing defense thing that they're not going to have to just key in on Devontae? And, you know what I mean? I don't know what it is, but like everybody thinks the Packers' offense isn't going to play well. But based on what we've seen, without Devontae, they've been good. And they've won games, obviously, too, being 7-0 and without Devontae. I'm not sure where everybody gets this idea that the offense is going to really, really struggle, but now they've planned an entire offseason and surrounded their personnel just for that, in fact, scenario of Devontae not being there. So I don't see why they'd totally regress in any way because they've won without Devontae, and now they're planning to win without Devontae, and I feel like they're set up even more for that now. Yeah, in games where we don't have Devontae, the 7-0 and games, it's like it's clearly schematically it's a different game plan from an offensive perspective like we treat we treat the game of football differently when we don't have the best receiver in the game on the field obviously but to play devil's advocate here what people think about when we you know this offense probably isn't going to be as good as they were in 2020 and 2021 that's just a fact you lose the best player in the league at a position you're, it's going to show up somewhere right and so i think what people are expecting to happen is you know we talk about every season we come out of it wishing for a wide receiver too right it's like we just don't have outside of Devonte we don't have enough playmakers well now we lost Devonte so it, it the, the the defense it was easy enough for the defense to just key in on one player now they don't have to key on any player you know so I think that's the point that people are making when they talk about that but uh, what I would argue against the argument I just presented is that it's the theory that I brought up in like March and I'm it's like gonna be like the third time that I've brought this up on the podcast but I don't care in case no one's heard it before I'm gonna bring it up again I think Rodgers plays better when he has all of his receivers are on a similar skill level you know what I mean when they're all either great or when they're all you know average I think he is better you think he's a better facilitator I think he's a better quarterback when he's able to just go through his regressions and if Devontae you know most plays he's going to be the number one read but on a given play where the number one read is maybe in the slot 
uh, Rodgers is still going to look at Devontae first just to check if he's open, you know? So if you take that away and you just let Rodgers play within the offense, be a little bit more of a game manager, I think he's one of the best of all time at ever doing that. So I think that's why the Packers have won so many games without Devontae Adams is because he doesn't have... It's almost a liability sometimes when he has to check Devontae because you only get max three seconds in the pocket before the ball's got to be out of your hands or you're running around in the backfield. So when he's able to not have to look to his left side on every single play and just go where the play is designed to go, I think he's a better quarterback that way. That was some great dialogue on the offense, I'd say. But my point, uh, really, I think, I don't know, we, we made a lot of great points. I guess that's, I don't know, the argument is basically left up to what's going to happen in the season. It's, it's just hard to say because... We just made great cases for just about well, four different ways this thing could go. Well, I, how do you think, like, how do you expect them to come out on Sunday? Because I'm gonna, I'm expecting growing pains. I'm expecting oh, things, no. I'm expecting, I, like, I'm, here's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting them to lean on the run a lot. And maybe it's not going to go so well. Maybe it will because we have a pretty good offensive line. But maybe it's not going to go so well and the pass plays maybe just aren't going to be there. Because I think the Matt LaFleur offense at its core is based off the play-action game, which in and of itself is based off the run game. And so I could see a lot of plays, just the the passing efficiency not being there right away. What say you, Braun? I I disagree. I do. Uh, I think that Aaron Rodgers is still the MVP and he is going to want to throw the football, and they're still going to throw the football. Matt LaFleur is going to want to throw the football, and I think the targets will be spread. Aaron Jones is going to catch some. A.J. Dillon is going to catch some. They're going to get more creative, but that doesn't mean that Aaron Rodgers is now suddenly not going to be good or not going to be the MVP. Like He's still the best thrower in the league. Like he's gonna, They're going to throw the football, and they're going to do it well, and I don't think they're going to shy away from it against Minnesota, whose secondary isn't anything special, that's for sure. I mean, they're under a new regime, new defense. It, it, the, only thing, the only thing that could scare me from their defense is, is really when you talk about the linebacker, Eric Kendricks, but, and then you, you go to the pass rushers that they have. The interior of their defensive line is very good, too. So I don't see why would they I don't know why they'd lean towards the run in a game like this where the matchups clearly dictate an emphasis on passing. Especially with the way they did it the past 3 years to the Vikings, they've they've really thrown the football well, scoring 40 multiple times on them. Uh, I mean, Rodgers is just electric against the Vikings and that secondary isn't great. I mean, Harrison Smith is the only guy there. Um, and he's older, you know, and he is the he is in the sec- he's the Safe, deep safety usually or you know whether he's playing in the box or he's just not going to be that big impact coverage guy usually so to me I think they're going to lean heavily on passing here and I'm expecting them to have success I don't the, the way they've set this up is that they're supposed to be still an elite football club who's going to throw the football at a high level we can't expect anything less just because they lost Devante. it sounds crazy but you can't this is they're telling you by the way that they've put this football team together. Brian Gutekunst, the way they've done it. They kept seven receivers. They've got guys now. It's just like they're going to they should still my my main point is that they should still throw the football and they should expect to have success. Maybe not as much success or you know not as efficient with Devonte or not as much in, insanely high numbers, but throwing the football should still be their main way to go about winning football games. So are you expecting no growing pains? Here, are you like? What do you think? What do you think the growing pains will be if you think there will be? Because 
What I'm what I'm thinking is like, yeah, of course we still have Aaron Rodgers, but the weapons, you know, they're also young or they're either like Alan Lazard. We know how good Alan Lazard can be. You know, maybe he pops off this year, but we probably know how good Alan Lazard can be. And then everyone else is just extremely young outside of Randall Cobb. But um, so I'm expecting like there's seven receivers on this roster. Jawan Winfrey might be brought up for game day because he's tweeting week one with the emoji like he's excited for it. It's like, bro, you're on the practice squad. Maybe he's being brought up. And then we're going to roll with eight receivers on game day. And I feel like early on, especially, we're going to just be cycling these guys in and out. So, yeah, you have Rodgers, who is so good. But maybe there's a point where he's trying to look for a guy and he's he's not as confident. He doesn't have Devontae. He doesn't have the guy that he always knows is going to be open. So, that, like I said, it can it can help you. But in a, in a, like a, on a third and eight where you're going five wide, maybe that's, maybe that's where we're going to see the impact of, of Devontae Adams. My main thing with that is people are very much thinking about when Mike McCarthy was the head coach and their offense. Like, Griff, you know that Aaron Rodgers just talked about this on a recent podcast that he was on. That offense was predicated, yes, that offense was predicated on matchups and winning those one-on-ones. This offense is predicated on the offense scheming guys open. So the fear should not be that guys aren't going to get open, and that's what people think, like the weapons thing. Like, the only thing was that talked about was that Devontae Adams was our only guy that can consistently win one-on-ones, and that's been talked about for years and years, ever since Jordy and Randall Cobb were gone. Now Randall's back, obviously not the same player, but still very good. But they don't have like that superstar-type number number two to take attention away from Devontae. Now Devontae's gone, so that's that issue was a little less pre- prevalent, in my opinion. Now they don't really need a number two because they don't have a number one, kind of like you talked about. <laughs> Everyone's a number so, three. <laughs> <laughs> so basically like it kind of reminds me of when we we all remember when Chris Rock was smacked by Will Smith. I do remember. I, I posted I posted that meme and with the, you know, Packers fans asking for a wide receiver too and then Will Smith was smacking us, the Packers fans asking for that. And Will Smith is smacking Chris Rock and and it's the Packers logo trading our wide receiver one so it's kind of like we lost we not only didn't get a wide receiver two but we lost our wide receiver one it changes that whole argument we don't need guys now to get open because the scheme is supposed to be doing that now we just need guys theoretically guys that can catch the football and maybe run after the catch getting open that's a great isn't, point isn't the thing now right that's the that's that's what we're expecting now this should not be a we can't now blame Aaron Rodgers we can't now blame the receivers for not getting open. Now, everything should fall on Matt LaFleur if guys aren't getting open. That's correct, right? Right. So I feel like we have a three-year sample size. I think 2020 was far and away the best year for this offense that we've seen under Matt LaFleur, right? 2019 was very schematic, but a little rocky. Rodgers was getting used to the play action and the motions and all of that. 2020 was the peak. 2021, and we talked about this on several podcasts last year. 2021, it, that's when Rodgers really started to bring his offensive background and kind of blended the Matt LaFleur offense with the the West Coast offense, the offense that Mike McCarthy, you know, the offense that Rodgers was already familiar with. That's when they really started to blend, and that's when the Matt LaFleur offense, as we know it today, which is pretty much different from all the other Shanahan offenses, the Green Bay offense is pretty different from that because it's a blend of what Rodgers knew. Um, that's 2021 is when we really started to see that. And there were games last year, especially early on in the season when the offense really wasn't humming, where it, all the all the plays where we were matchup dependent, four wide, five wide, all the receivers, because outside of Devontae, no one's going to get open one-on-one. 
And that's when we started to see the the, the trouble. And if people forget last year because Rodgers won MVP, but there were a lot of games where it didn't look pretty and we were it, the offense had regressed from 2020. And so I feel like now that we don't have Devontae and everyone is on pretty much everyone's a wide receiver three, they have no no choice but to go back to just the schematics of it all. Just go to go back to the Matt LaFleur offense, which is what we saw in 2020, because 2020 was very Matt LaFleurian, if you will. And I think if they do go back to that, then you're right. They really don't need playmakers specifically at the receiver position. They just need guys who can catch the ball because the schemes, the play designs, that's going to get them open for them. So if if that's what they commit to, you know, throw in a little bit more ground game than we've seen in the last couple of years, then I think this could I could see this being a productive offense that way. And we always have Aaron Rodgers, which is Jimmy Garoppolo leads one of the most efficient offenses in the leagues a couple years ago. Like Jared Goff has run this offense to near perfection. Rodgers takes it to a different level. Yeah, he does. And the one thing like we talked about uh, with the receivers, the one thing that could challenge anything in terms of blame towards Matt LaFleur would be if the offensive line isn't holding up. But the way that that group looks from a on-paper standpoint, including the depth that we have, I don't think that's going to be an issue, especially with David coming back at left tackle. Looks like he's going to play week one, potentially. Then we've got Runyon returning at guard. We've got Josh Myers returning at center. Royce Newman probably starting at guard again. And then hopefully within the first couple weeks, Elton Jenkins at right tackle. And then the combination of the litany of young guys they've drafted over the course of the last few years and then some of the veterans that they've got, like Yash Nyman and others that have played some good football for them in the past, the depth there is strong and exciting. And it gives you hope that whatever happens, whether it's injuries or, or the like, they'll be ready to go to protect Aaron Rodgers for this season. Similar to receiver in that it's a position that I didn't really feel great about early on in the offseason. And this might be green and yellow colored glasses, honestly, but... The offensive line right now, I feel really strongly about being one of the best units in the NFL. Just from left to right tackle, dude. Like, we've got players at all five spots. Josh Myers was the Packers' highest-graded player on offense uh, via PFF this preseason. I, I posted a, a clip of him from the Week 3 game against against Kansas City where he just absolutely <laughs> pancakes a linebacker on the way to the end zone on a touchdown run. He, I think, is going to have a really strong year. When's the last time it felt like we were going into a season with an offensive line this good? You know? It feels good. And then the depth. Zach Tom was the Packers' second-highest-graded player on offense or no the third highest graded player on offense this preseason you know who the second highest graded player on offense was this preseason Caleb Jones another tackle so there's a lot to be excited about with this offensive line group the Packers they always nail those picks so that's going to be really fun did you want to move on to the defense here Bron because we've got a lot to talk about with with the defense we've done a lot of talking about this defense over the last couple months but I mean what is there what is there not to talk about every single position is loaded dude it's so crazy and we've never had a defense that's been like up there with the best in the league and it feels like this could be the year that that finally happens yeah because i mean we've got the best personnel groups with just in terms of the we've got the best like starting 12 or 13 14 guys that are going to get significant minutes i feel like we've got the best group in the league because Aaron Rodgers talked about it a little bit not too long ago. Rasul Douglas playing as the third corner is a pretty scary thought. That is a luxury, dude. That is a luxury. That is quite the luxury. Chris Barnes, who started at linebacker for us for many years now. What is it, two, three, whatever. He's played I think it's many, two many years he's been the starter. Yeah. 
Yes, yeah. many games with this Packers football team in the middle of the defense, he's going to be our third linebacker. That is great depth. And then you talk about just go across the defensive line. There is really nice depth. You've got Kenny Clark, obviously, up front. But then with the other question marks you've got, they're really not even question marks. They're just about who's going to step up because it's Jaron Reed, who's been a great starter in the league for a long time, who we signed in free agency. Devontae Wyatt, who looked ferocious the first-round pick in training camp, and he's got a lot to build on. Or whether it's TJ Slayton, who's coming off a good rookie year. It's They've got so many guys that are just going to be balling out. And then I didn't even mention Dean Lowry, who's probably going to be next to Kenny a lot of the time. But behind them is the depth in the youth that we haven't had in a long time. And you combine that with the great starters we have. Look all across this defense. We could talk and talk and talk about it, and we have. And we will continue to once they probably give Minnesota less than 10 points this week. But it's going to be a really good matchup. <laughs> oh, that's this a really defense. high bar you just said. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. Who are we? Kirk Cousins? I'll be all right. No, oh, well, this yeah, is poorly. The return of Jair Alexander, dude, I can't, I can't wait. I just got like a pump thinking about that. Seeing him today, the pictures, they just had their picture day. Him, he's got the swagger. He's got the confidence. He locks up anyone in front of him, dude. He just got paid. This man is about to have a defensive player of the year. Year. He could, dude. Then he is a special guy. He's just so talented. And him with Rasul, I feel like Rasul is that same guy. Like, he's just, he's shutting guys down. Like, but all three of these guys, Stokes is too. He's just balling, man. These guys are so good. And it's I just the collective the confidence. It's the collective it's confidence of the D-Train. I don't know if they still the call it that. You think they still call it the D-Train? Uh, they got to come up with a new nickname for this group. because this Yeah, the D-Train the was the old era. That was the Mike yeah, the, Pettin group. It was the Mike Pettin era of the Packers defense. This one, this, is a, this one's that was Zedarius too. I think Z had a hand in that Zedarius. one too. So I forgot Sadly, we're playing Zedarius oh this gosh, weekend. That is so sad. <laughs> That's scary. I would bet a lot of money that he gets a sack this week. Would you? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you can't bet that. You know he's gonna. You know he's gonna get yeah, a sack. Yeah, he's this week. and then it's gonna be a whole thing. And oh god, I'm. Then he's gonna do to his. It. He's gonna do his celebration, and it's gonna be so yeah, sad. He's gonna have a shirt on where, uh, yeah, whatever. You shouldn't have cut me. <laughs> <laughs> What's it gonna be like? You shouldn't have cut me. It's gonna be something that guy with the theatrics. Revenge no, taste. I do miss. Who's the, the captain now? <laughs> Who's I'm the, the captain, captain now? <laughs> He, he it might just be that look. They might do the the meme with the look at me. I'm the captain now. They might, yeah. might just have that on his shirt. That Dude, was, the that's day what he I pulls do. up with a meme under the shirt, that's when that's uh, when it's too much. No, NFL gonna miss Darius forty times. Yeah, yeah, gonna miss Darius, man. He was one of my favorite players, but life moves on, and now he's a Viking, so he's the rival, and I have no love, no love lost for him. I know you hate that phrase, Bron, but this defense phrase. doesn't mean a thing. The the collective confidence, I feel like it just it's gonna help them out so much. You know, all the great defenses of years past, the twenty fifteen Broncos, the two thousand eighteen Bears, they just had that they they had a collective ego that they all thrive off of each other, you know? And it feels like we could have that group. The depth is something that I don't think we're gonna talk about because we've talked about that at length. But it's pretty scary. If one of these guys go down, it it could get it could get pretty bad at cornerback and safety, but we're not gonna worry about that because it's week one, baby. Everyone's healthy. Everyone is healthy. That's the one thing. You can't worry about injuries until they happen, and that's the goal. I mean, we're set up to have a really great team. Injuries can derail any football team. We know that. But this group is set up to have success, and that's all you can ask for. Then when there's issues like injuries and things like that, we will address them. But for now, and Brian will, I mean, mostly. But for now, 
this football team is ready to win, and until further notice, they are set up to do so. All right, a few more talking points here. Give me one player that you are most excited to watch on the defensive side of the ball. Just one player. I know there's many. How can you not go with Quay Walker, man? There's nothing more exciting than the potential of having two really good linebackers on this football team, something we haven't had in I don't know when. I don't know if we've ever had it in our lifetimes, but this is certainly... You know, that's the exciting thing about this defense. You have the all-pro, and then you have a guy who, Griff, we talked about this. He looks identical from a body type standpoint. When they stand next to each other, they look identical. And Quay is designed to defend the pass. Devondre does everything, and, and Quay was very good in the running game as well when we saw him in, in obviously, training camp, limited tackling and whatnot. But he's there filling holes and gaps, and he looked very, very good in the last preseason game. Uh, I'm not sure how much you saw of that, Griff, but his his play was just standout. He was the clear. I I know uh, he had that on one campus. third down stop, the one third yes. down stop against Kansas City, where they throw the ball to the running back. It's like third and three or something, and Quay just flies across the field Squashed to make him. the tackle in the flat before he can even turn around. It was, he was we've never had a linebacker who can do that. that. Game. I don't even know if Devondre can do that because Quay just flies, dude. He is. Kind of like the way Darnell has got moved sideline side to sideline. Quay kind of yeah. does that at the linebacker position. In terms of against comparing you know, against his position, he just flies at a different speed, kind of like Darnell does. And that's I feel like they're very similar players in terms of their respective positions, the way they can move right. sideline to sideline. So that's that's something that they've got at the all pursuit. levels. They've, they, have, they have every element of what they want at each level of the defense. They've got the guy who's very quick twitch, fast speed, sideline to sideline on every level. They've got that very strong, sound, intelligent guy, whether it's Amos and Devondre and Kenny. Like You've got these guys that all fit a certain role on the team at each level of the defense, and it's like... Again, we can talk about it all day, but on paper, this group is just so good. And then when you've got Quay and Devondre in the middle, it's just very scary for defenses because how are you going to get in the middle of the field? Who's getting open? Like, how is anybody getting open? <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be against tough, the starting lineup. So I don't. I don't know how anyone gets open, man. No. Uh, I, on most teams, on most teams, if you pick Quay Walker in the early twenties of the first round, he's going to be your linebacker number one. But this team already has. Devondre Campbell, who was an All-Pro last year, so we are at an uh, at a luxury with that, where Quay is just the the cherry on top of this defense. Uh, for me, guy, I can't wait to watch. Already mentioned him, Jair Alexander. I can't wait for that dude. How many years now have we been expecting the the season to finally come where Jair finally starts to get all of his interceptions? Feels like we're always waiting on that year where he just goes pick crazy and people actually like respect him, like because you know a lot of the a lot of the cornerback respect comes down to box score scouting as all as all positions do, and the interceptions matter on that front front in terms of awards. So I feel like this is the year where he's finally going to get all of his picky pickies because think about. In 2021, in 2020, you've got Chandon Sullivan. You've got uh, who? Who was our old Kevin King? Right, forgot about Kevin King. Good lord, how could you? You've got Kevin King and Chandon Sullivan, and of course, you're not going to target Jair. So now we have obvious upgrades at both of those spots, and they're not going to have a choice to, but to throw to Jair if they like the matchup. You know, they, you can't just ignore one side of the field when the other sides of the field are as good as they are right now from a from the Packers defense. So I feel like he's going to see a lot more targets than he has throughout his career, and I feel like this is the year he finally gets all the picks and all the all the fame. So excited for Jair Alexander. Now I'm going to ask you the same position, but on the offensive side of the ball. Don't say Aaron Rodgers. Of course, we're all excited to watch Aaron Rodgers. Who are you most excited to watch 
on the offense outside of Aaron Rodgers. Well, Griff, after giving this a lot of thought, I think I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> no, I'm going to go with Christian Watson. I, I, I want to say, part of me wants to say Randall Cobb, but I think the, because I think Randall's going to have a really good year. I've said this before, but I think Randall's going to have like maybe a thousand yards this year. That's a hot take probably, but I think he's going to really play well. Or maybe it's either going to be like a lot of yards or I think maybe the more likely one could be like double digit touchdowns. I think Cobb's going to have a great year, but I'm going to go with Christian Watson because we don't know what he can be. And Rand, uh, excuse me, Aaron was mentioning quite a bit about how he's almost like a unicorn and, and it's just like they've never seen anybody like him before. So I, I'm just super excited to see him on the field, like running with these guys, what he can do at the NFL level, how his size of 6'5 and speed compares to these corners that he's going to face and how he's going to look you know, amongst the other guys in the receiver room. All that excites me, and I feel like he can be a truly, truly good player in this league. Even though maybe your pick, I'm assuming, is going to be Romeo. Maybe not, though. I'm interested to see who your <laughs> pick's going to be. But if, if, you're, if you're considering Romeo, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of fare in terms of their battle to get reps with the Packers' number one group. It's funny you said that because the easy answer for me would be Romeo, right? I was talking about when we were in Green Bay. I was talking about buying his jersey update that never happened because they didn't have the jerseys in stock but I would have bought it I was prepared to buy it but you know Romeo love the guy but uh I I don't want to go with Romeo because I could see I could see him first first of all just not getting as many snaps early on as people are expecting him to he could but maybe they just don't give him that many snaps that could happen um but I'm gonna go with a more the guy I think is gonna have an even better year Aaron Jones the return of Aaron Jones not that he ever went away but I think he's going to have a very 2019 type of season where he is scoring all of the touchdowns on the ground and through the air. He had a three-touchdown game through the air against Detroit Week 2 last year on Monday Night Football. I remember that one. I feel like we could see a lot of that. I think we're going to go a lot of the two running back personnel packages, which is the package that everybody loves on the internet. Everyone loves that one. Don't know why they don't run it more than they do. But when you've got Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones is going to be a factor through the air, and we know how good he is on the ground. We know how he makes people miss, and I think he's going to have a return to form this season. Okay, Griff, who's going to lead this team in receiving yards week one? Week one. I'll this, tell you my pick this Sunday. Right now. This Sunday yeah. against Minnesota, who's going to lead the league or yeah. lead the <laughs> lead the team in receiving yards? Who's going to lead the league in this game? <laughs> I'm going to go with. Oh God, dude, I don't know. Probably Jones. Probably Jones. No, I'm going Sammy Watkins. Oh, to- oh my god, I totally forgot about Sammy Watkins, dude. I'm excited to watch him, man. The way Aaron talks about him, I'm excited to watch Sammy Watkins. Yeah, when he when we signed him, I was really excited because he is like a veteran guy and then you put on the film with him and he's just got a different type of after the catch ability that like it's it's just a rare thing. He's just a very good receiver. I just think he's quite good. Um and I think he's going to fulfill a role that we haven't seen in Green Bay you know, apart from the things Devontae does outside of Devontae, because he's done everything. I just think Sammy's going to provide some things that a deep we haven't threat seen who, other guys. A deep threat who provides physicality. We haven't had that for He's a strong, even, tough guy. Yeah. Even, yeah, yeah. Even Christian Watson, he's not going to be that. He's not going to bring the physicality like Sammy will. So yeah, you're right. We haven't really had that in Green Bay in a really, really long time. So that could be fun. It feels like, it, that feels like a signing that is similar to Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas from last year, where it's such a, 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 a 
what am I think? What am I trying to say here? It's like a, a low risk. That's what I'm saying. It's a low risk signing that a lot of people probably didn't even notice. But I think you know, mid season, that could be one of the best free agent signings of this free agent cycle. You know, and he could really have a high impact on this team. And it sounds like he's going to start week one. If it sounds like he's going to be uh, the starting X receiver, so him and Lazard, it's going to be up to them. Um, but I think I think Aaron Jones is going to lead this team in receiving yards at least week one. I think he's going to be a big factor. Um, what's my next question? I had it. Mm. I got a question for you. What's that? Who's winning this game? Do you have any doubt that we're going to come out and win this thing? I don't. I think we're going to win. I've already seen people saying, "Oh, when the Packers lose this game, everybody's going to freak out and Aaron's going to this and that." And it's like, actually, I think they're going to win. Crazy enough. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, I think they're going to win as well. I think they're going to win, but there I think there is a reason why they're only favored by a point and a half, which is surprising. I saw that earlier, and I think there is a reason for that because the Vikings, a lot of people think they could be good this year, but I mean, a first-year head coach, we know this offense is tough to learn, and Kirk Cousins does have a little bit of background with this offense, but I think it's going to I think there's going to be you're going to be shocked. I would be shocked, shocked too if we lost. I think if we're going to I'll be shocked. You know, we're we're setting ourselves up for a. I don't care. I really don't. I'd be shocked <laughs> if they lose. I really don't care. I mean, think about it. The only issue is is Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, right? But this defense is set up. I mean, who's Jair is going to be able to hopefully? They they have packages of like they know that these guys are going to play well. Like we Jair can handle like you know what I mean. Jair is not going to like not play well. The defensive front with Kenny Clark and all those guys isn't going to not play well. Like We know that they're going to play well enough to keep us in the game. Dalvin's not going to run all over us with these linebackers. Like, it's just not going to happen. Justin Jefferson isn't going to scorch us for 200 yards on this. Like Unless these guys start all playing terrible at once for some reason. You know what I mean? Like What we know about this group is that they're all super talented and they're going to be able to keep us afloat. Then the offense just has to play slightly good because I think the defense is going to play really well. And the Minnesota Vikings defense doesn't scare me at all. Aaron Rodgers is very good, too. Aaron Rodgers owns the Vikings. May I remind you of Week 1 2020? That was one of my favorite games What I would call one of his best games of his entire career, man. Like, that game was That's one of my favorite games. Let me throw some stats at you really quick. Uh, 72.7 completion percentage, four touchdowns, no picks, PFF grade of 96. That was an insane game, dude. That was a crazy game, and I feel like we could we could see that again because that was coming off of 2019 where a lot of people really didn't believe in this Packers offense. They didn't believe in Aaron Rodgers, and he came out and just shredded the Vikings defense as he usually does. So it could be another that type of situation again this Sunday. I have two more questions for you, Ron. First one, what is more likely? I'm going to give you three options. What is the most likely? Okay, Aaron Rodgers wins MVP. Romeo Dobbs wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Or... Jair Alexander wins Defensive Player of the Year. Well, that's obviously Aaron winning another MVP. Obviously. You think that's far and away the most likely thing to happen? Far and away. Yeah, okay. that's not close. Although Jair could win that award, but it's not rare. It's rarely given to corners, usually given to the best pass rusher most of the time. And with Romeo, I mean, I'd probably feel safer with uh, Christian being that really? award winner. Yeah, just because I think uh, the pedigree. First round pick. I think he might play more when once he's healthy. Blah blah Second blah. Round pick. I do that a lot. I always you do call that him a lot. first round pick. I always call him a first round <laughs> pick, but he 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 just is to me. I don't know. He's that talented of a player. 
I think. I, w- I wanted him in the first round. So if we drafted him in the first round, I would have been thrilled. We got him in the second. I was pretty thrilled. So Yeah, we drafted him in the second just to keep the stat about Rodgers' career touchdowns to first-round picks alive. All right, last question here. It's a classic one. Give me your score predictions for this Sunday, Brown. First of the year. Okay, I'm going to go 26-15. Packers win. That's a weird score. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty Okay. Um I'm going to go with 28 to 20. That's my score prediction. We should put something on the line here otherwise we're just throwing out numbers. Numbers are fun. Okay, numbers are fun. What do you want to put on the line? I don't know. We'll figure that out next week. But that's going to do it for today's episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you've listened this far, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps a lot. Share it with your friends and family. Send us a DM if you liked it. Uh, Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Today in Titletown, at Today Titletown on Twitter. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram at All Day Packers and Braun at Lambo.Leapers. And is that everything? think that's everything so we'll see you after the packers are one and oh go pack go thanks for listening everybody go pack go welcome to the regular season go pack go